Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. Today, I'm joined by somebody who has actually sent me two introductory bios through. And we've decided that we're going to go with the latter. So here goes. I'm going to try and do my best to go through this. So listeners, today we have Sophie, who is a French import on an emotional asylum visa. Always American by heart. She escaped a crazy family as soon as she could. She's an entrepreneur by breed, starting a pencil trading business by the age of six and a clown and a princess business. Oh, yeah. Depends if you freak out with clowns. Uh, Business for birthday parties by the time she was 12. And it never, ever stopped. Starting with just $11 in her pocket, she grew an innovative spa concept to 12 locations in Los Angeles, in New York, and $9 million in revenue. Her new venture, Be Current, helps people with lots of ideas execute the meaningful ones. And as we were talking about just before we started, she noticed I've got a motorcycle just on the shelf behind me, a little model. And she was showing me a pencil image of hers as well. I think it was a pencil image, but she also rides a Harley. So a biker at right? heart as well as an American <laughs> at heart. Glad to have you on today's podcast, Sophie. What a great introduction. So glad to be with you, Simon. Thank you. Yes, I thought writing it, it made me laugh. And I thought, you know, if I enjoy it, <laughs> maybe it's. So yeah, I mentioned French import. Now I'm sat here in the UK uh, as we you know, we're recording this. And obviously you're not sat in the UK. So where, where has the French been imported to? So I live in America. I've lived in America for 30 years. I bought a pair of Nikes, which at the time was no global economy. You could not find Nikes in France when I was 16. And I kept the shoes in my closet, very clean and very beautiful in their box saying one day I will move to America. And one morning, January 1993, I was time and I had bought a ticket and I put my Nikes on and I moved to America. Now, I know it said you're slightly crazy in the bio, et cetera. But, you know, one thing I do want to point out to you, you can wear Nikes in other countries, you know, you don't have to just wear them in America. I know, but it was, you know, it's funny because if we're going to talk a little bit about mindset and this, all these years before I moved, I would look at the box. I wouldn't even look at the shoes. It was the box in the closet. And I would just be like inspired, you know, like yeah. one day, one day, you know. And, and, it, and it's really what it represents, a- isn't it? It's, it's, it's what that, that big goal, that, that icon, whether it be a box or the shoes in the box, it's what that represents to you, doesn't it? Where exactly. You're yeah, it, was a, it was a light at the end of the tunnel a little bit, like a... You know, like I, I, it gave me motivation. It gave me inspiration. It gave me yeah. hope. See, I mean, as you're talking there, I'm thinking about two people that come to mind from books. You know, and we've both got our Zoom backgrounds of books behind us, et cetera, and shelves. And Arnold Schwarzenegger in his book, Total, Total Recall, talks about having a poster of Ronald Reagan up on his wall. And that was once something he looked towards. Mm-hmm. And then Bear Grylls, the, the adventurer, 
when he was uh, paralyzed, when he broke his back and he was lying in bed and people were saying he was very unlikely to walk again, he put a, a, a picture of Everest up and said, I'm going to climb Everest. Wow. And everybody wow. thought he was nuts. But we all have something that we mentally either have to have as a physical picture or something that we can actually have in our mind to drive us and motivate us forward, don't we, to those, those aspirations. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult to be a human sometimes, you know, and so to, yes. to keep going and to, to get us towards where we care to go, you know, it's a, it's, we have to find hacks sometimes yes. a little bit. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So let's talk about what we're drinking today to, to get this kicked off. Uh, and listeners, I'm, I'm afraid I've got a little bit of a confession to make today in the fact that, um, I've got a mug and I've got about half an inch of coffee left at the bottom of it. So normally I start these podcasts with a piping hot cup of coffee, but uh, I've been drinking coffee most of the day. So I'm just on that half an inch at the bottom of the, of the cup. So tell us, Sophie, what you're drinking today. Well, I have a confession, too, because I used to drink espressos. I would go uh -huh. for six a day, eight a day with multiple cubes of sugar wow. which looking back oh my god what was i doing to my health and now my version of coffee i drink in this very warm um so it stays warm all day and it's this much water with this much coffee so for those who don't see the visual it's a very large bottle and the the amount of coffee i put is so small and yet it gives yeah. me the taste and so if you looked at it it would look very it looks like brown water a little bit um, but I've, I've weaned myself. Like I went from my espressos to a little bit like more of an American coffee, which is already diluted and then more water and then less coffee and then more water. And now I really drink hot coffee, hot water with a little bit of coffee in it just for the, it gives me a little, it's almost like micro dosing. Yeah. It, it's, it's strange, isn't it? How our tastes change, change over the years as well. And, you know, for some of us, it gets more bitter for some of us, it gets more sweet and I think, like you've mentioned there, it depends on how much we drink. And I've certainly changed my drinking habits when I work at home, as, I'm, as I'm, I haven't done today. I've been out and about most of today. So I've had more coffees today, more usual coffees, where, as, as you say, normally if I'm working from home, I have a tall flask. It's quite strong coffee, but I'm sipping at it. I'm drinking it on a slower filter level where Today, because I've been out, I've been drinking one mug of coffee and then another big mug of coffee and a, a grande and a venti, and we've done all. Is there, that. A, think, is there? Do I have to be careful that you're going to be a little bit more uh, aggressive <laughs> with me? <laughs> possibly, possibly, possibly. So, so what? What's your favorite coffee, Sophie? And and how how do you take your coffee? I, I take it like that. I take it diluted with all this water. And I actually, bizarrely, my favorite kind is the powder Maxwell type of fast. And I'm really not an aficionado anymore. I like uh, the taste of the little powders and I happen to have good, they have travel ones. And so I just, everywhere I go, I just like literally pour I mean, my boyfriend is always laughing that it's like, you know, six grains of the little powder because it's not a lot. So that's how I drink it. Now, that's a name of coffee I haven't heard for so long, Maxwell. So I know. Max Maxwell House, is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah, that's Maxwell House, yeah. Maxwell House, Joe. That used to be such a popular coffee here in the UK, but I think we've oh. almost gone the opposite way. 
we always used to drink instant coffees and now we've become too trendy in our coffee it's fancier to drink something else i know yeah I have and we have our pods tea. and you know we don't we don't have instants very often Exactly, because it's trendier to do this whole thing with a big machine. And But my favorite tea forever, not as much that I live here, but was the PJ tip, um, uh, the, the tea, you know, in the big green box. And yeah, same yeah. thing, yeah. I would just dip it very lightly just to brown the water a little bit and give me a little kick, but not too much. And so yeah. I would have my little British afternoon tea quite often. So yeah. this is exciting. It reminds yeah. me that I would like some again. Good, good. And <laughs> I have to tell you now that one of our podcast guests um i can't remember what episode was but in in the early teens uh was a big pg tip drinker uh-huh. and he found out that they used to they don't do it anymore but they used to put plastic fillers into their tea bags no yeah and these plastic fillers used to be able to escape the tea bags so you ended up with these micro fibers of plastic. of plastic yes wow. that you were drinking in your tea and apparently they got caught out uh quite strongly and and taken to task so they had to change their their whole their process ways. but yeah well, i'm yeah. glad to hear that I yes uh, but uh, who who knows we might have consequences of that later on we might not so tell us a little bit about your business you you said in uh, the bio that you sent me that you've got this new venture be current Tell us a little bit about that. And most importantly, tell us what's been something significant or something that has evolved in recent times. You know, the word itself, to be current, um, was very impactful in my career because I would, for me, being current means what I'm doing is meaningful right now and it's working Mm -hmm. and it's not broken and I have the team that I want. Like being current represents a certain picture of it feels good right now. And so I've always kind of run my life a little bit. Uh, That's how I organize my house. Is this current? Does this work? Does it have a plug? You know, does it need to be ironed or fixed or added a button to a shirt or and so I look at businesses the same way, like what's what's lean, what's necessary, what's essential, what can we not do without, without, you know, with this vibe of let's be, you know, really frugal because I love abundance and I love, you know, the joy of, of um, you know, having what I want. But yeah, sure. coming from the place of like, if you open a drawer and there's like, you know, a soya sauce pack from five years ago and there's a battery that's leaking and there is, you know, I really attempt to live a very minimalist life that way. And so that's yeah. where the name came from. It's like having a minimalist, meaningful, essential kind of commitment. And so when something gets on my schedule, um, it goes through a little bit of a, of a test. Like when it happens in a week or two weeks, yeah. uh, will I want to go? Like, will I wake up in the morning and look at this thing and have a commitment to meet with Simon today? Will I go, well, that sounds like a fun call. Or will I go, yeah. Ugh, I don't want to do this right now. Because a lot of us look at productivity, which is what I teach. Um, but I teach productivity with a purpose. That's what Be Current is. It's a, it's a methodology that um, with a mindset shift and a tool that's a little different than most um, widgets out there, but it really kind of encompasses our psychology and our habits and our beliefs about our tasks, because we treat them a little bit as like, I just, in the morning, I check off, you know, some lists that I need to do today, but they often are not very related to what makes the bigger picture um, a life that I love. And so I'm, I'm teaching people to 
think about when they're 90 years old and they're sitting on a bench and they chat with some little nephew and they say, are you happy? And did you like your life? You know, that they get to answer yes. Like not, well, no, I didn't make the right choices. And so how do we make choices now? So when we get to that bench, we are loving what we're sharing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We we have a, a new advert on on television over here, which uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but it's for the the uh, is it Expedia uh, Travel. Yeah. Well, uh, and he's going through a studio, and he's saying, you know, in our life, will any of us wish that we had a smarter smartphone mm-hmm. uh, or a thinner TV? And then he walks through a door onto the beach of this beautiful holiday. And he says, but how many of us will regret the places we didn't go? Yeah. And yeah, I, I have a phrase which I use, use for, for decades called my rocking chair moments. So you mentioned yeah. about sitting on the bench. Yes. I, I want to sit on a rocking chair on a porch somewhere. Yeah, and somebody same. asked me that question. Yes. You know, did you live life to the full? And I want to be able to say absolutely yes. No, no exactly. regrets. You know, yes, I did everything that I wanted to do. But you know, Simon, that's a that's a concept that I hear a lot of people like, but then I watch their lives and it doesn't necessarily match. And so what I like about the methodology that I teach is that it actually makes it actionable. What does that yeah. mean that you like that vacation and you're happy that you chose that? It means, you know, the commitments you make today, the yeses, the, you know, what do you yeah. agree to do? What do you agree not to do is really yeah. often where you end up on the right path. And so it, it's the concept is beautiful, but I think people don't necessarily have this like rubber meets the road, you know, and then what do I do right now? Right. Yeah. Like right yeah. now, so that I make a choice that makes my bench rock, rocking chair, you know, yeah. a moment that we both love. Yeah. In fact, I, I've, I've now got a vision of a rocker. Uh, we've got a garden bench that used to be on sliders. Yes. And it's actually a bench that rocks. So I'll go with a combination of that. Yes. Uh, what do you think about the people who perhaps don't get the rubber meeting the road, as you said there? Because I, I completely agree with that. You know, I hear so many people that blame everything else, you know, this happened, that happened. I didn't get, I wasn't lucky. You know, that annoys me so much when people say, I just didn't have the luck. Uh, and you were so lucky, you know, no, yeah, that's, that's not the way it works. But many people I find are connected too much to the past. So you talk about being current. Current, uh, yes. And of course, when you're current, that can affect the future. But mm-hmm. what do you think about those people? And do you find people that are, are anchored some way in the past? Is that is that what's holding people back, do you think, sometimes? It is definitely one of them, um, especially if they use the past as a, I don't want to say an excuse. I don't need to be too harsh, but they use it as a reason as to mm. why something is not happening right now. If they use it as like, you know, in my story, I've learned a language, I've connected with other people, and I have these deep relationships from my past, and I grew into a maturity that has brought me to my today. That Those are beautiful things. But if you use it as like, you know, I'm aging, and I don't have the energy, and this thing that happened, that relationship 25 years ago, now I don't want to be in one because I'm scared to be hurt. And it's like, what? Like, okay, well, so then they won, you know, like you yeah, got yeah. stuck over there. And your life is not the life you want. I, I would say anything that gets in the way of loving my life gets put in the same bucket. 
So yes, I'm a responsible adult. I'm not saying, you know, Peter Pan, let's forget that we have responsibilities. I, I respect my responsibilities and I pay my bills on time and I do, you know, I do the adult stuff, but once that's done, then what do I do with my time and how do I interact with my tasks? That's where it plays out for me. That's, you know, often like one of my biggest learning is saying no. So it's a Mm. very short word and people don't know how to use it or they use it with like, no, because blah, 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 blah. And then the other person is like, oh no, but blah, 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 blah. And then, okay, yes, I'll do it. And you find yourself looking at your calendar and and being like, how did that get to my calendar? Like that's, but in order to say no, you have to know your yeses. Like what's your yes? Like if you, I'm writing a book right now. So if someone says, do you want to come spend the weekend? And you know, can you help build the furniture? from a store we all know that's in Sweden, you know, do you want to come help? No, I'm writing a book. And actually, no is enough. No is a full sentence, I used to say. So, and a friend of mine, the Hendrix, they've written books about that, but it's about also identifying your full body. Yes, they call it. And so when something happens, full body, like, Ooh, yes. You know, I want that as opposed to, "Eh, I don't know. All right. Maybe. All right. No, okay, yes, I'll do it. You know, like, I don't do any of those. And I think the way that you've just emphasized that full body yes, I see the same thing in people that say no. They say no, but they don't really mean it. And there seems to then be compromise, doesn't there? Yes. And they let things slide and they let things things creep in. So thinking of of your own business and and how you're working it and how you're building it and thanks for giving us that overview is there anything that you have changed anything that has evolved in the way in which you deliver your business or perhaps in the way you promote your business or work with people is there anything that you know a lesson that you've learned or uh, an obstacle that you've overcome in my whole life, yes. No, well, in the in the business, yes. That's in my we whole don't have business, enough time for that. Yes. Yeah, we'll just go with the business. You know, I would say if you're not learning something pretty much every day, um, maybe you're approaching it a little bit um, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I I look at mistakes very differently than most people. Like when something happens that's not what I was expecting, I look at that as oh, okay. So what's okay? Well, teach me. Like what's what's the learning? Like, what do I need to do differently? Or how, like, I don't have a very strong tolerance for, you know, moping because I did something wrong. I do my best. I start with the principle that I have really, I'm trying my best at what I do. And so if it's not at the perfect, you know, quality that I could have, then I improve and I use it to tell me where do I need to be better? Like reading, you know, um, financial information, for example, was something years ago that I would walk in a meeting and I would want to shoot myself in the head because they spent, you know, <laughs> hours and hours on Excel documents that had, you know, line items that added up to like $3 and 25 cents. So yeah. that to me was like, oh my God, what a sad use of an hour. Right. Yeah. But then I started developing a better relationship with the financial documents because I still don't spend hours studying Excel. That's not my thing, but I know what to look for. And I don't feel like an idiot when I'm in the room and I don't let it, you know, collapse me because I could see that running a business and being the founder and being advised by all sorts of, you know, 
influences, the more I know, the the better I can, you know, steward the ship, the ship. And so yeah. learning that was a big, if we're looking for like a specific learning, Perfect. that was a good one. Perfect. I mentioned earlier on that you're an entrepreneur by breed. Now, that's the first time I've ever, ever referred to anybody as an entrepreneur by breed. <laughs> Tell us a little bit of what you meant by that when you wrote that. You know, it's I think some of us are it's in our fabric and some of us it's not. And I feel my father was an entrepreneur, very original in this time. And yeah. I do think that there is a, a habit to be built around not being afraid of taking a risk or leaving a job when I wasn't happy and inventing something that didn't exist and not being afraid of doing that. I think it's, uh, you know, some people know how to jump very high or they can run mm. really fast. And I think we all have talents and, and a certain amount of skills maybe we, we develop as we grow up. And of course, the environment in which we grow up. I saw my father put everything on the table like multiple times and, yeah. and succeed sometimes and fail sometimes, you know. Yeah. And so I have a healthy relationship with the idea of starting something from scratch. It doesn't scare me. I know how to stop, you know, when it's possibly time to stop. Um, I get bored when I'm not in an environment where I get to, you know, create and innovate and initiate things. And so it's, a, it's a, and then it's funny because my previous company grew to be a 9 million and some company with 300 employees. And that's no longer being an entrepreneur. It's like, you, you know, you, you, it's a big ship Yeah. for me. I mean, obviously not compared to, you know, big industries, but um, but it wasn't as fun for me. Like every decision was like dinosaur time. And, you know, I had to yeah. go through, even if it was my company, I still, you know, it's, it, they were decisions that affected more people and I had to be more, you know, that, that's hard for some people to cope with as well, isn't it? You know, I've got a client yeah. uh, who has a substantial size business, uh, yeah. well, well in excess of that, but they're still trading in that business as though it was a solo entrepreneur. And, that's causing quite a lot of problems in that yeah. business because you know yeah. the mechanics of it don't work in that way. And you can't yeah. just go out and make these rash decisions and other people are getting very fed up with the not being involved in choices. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one to balance, but I love the way you're saying you've described that entrepreneur by breeding. I completely agree with you. I'm not an entrepreneur by breed. Uh -huh. you know, my, my parents were the you know, very much you work in a, in a role you work in it for most of your life. Mm -hmm. And I only became an entrepreneur because of people I started working with when I first left school. And by being around those people for such a length of time, for two or three years, their entrepreneurship rubbed off it on rubbed me. rubbed on you, yes. Yes, yeah. And I thought, you know, I want to be like these people. Yeah. So I think there is a, a, a learning and an almost a contamination yeah. If you surround yourself with people who yeah. are go-getters, outliers, entrepreneurs, then that is contagious and you can become an entrepreneur by that contagion rather than by breed Being or Being born in it. Yeah. Because, and yeah. it's true for me too. Like as an entrepreneur, you know, very naturally, I get super motivated by those that are even more. 
you know, mm. like I'll tell my story. And to me, it sounds like a pretty good track record of, you know, having built something from scratch. And, and then sure. I'll hear that that's, you know, something they do every day, a different turn. And, <laughs> you know, maybe I don't, it's almost like I have my version of, you know, my tolerance. Uh, and I assume yeah. they have their version of, you know, being less than others. And, but yeah. if we compare ourselves to others, it's always a lose, lose, um, a little bit uh, predicament because if yeah. I compare and I'm better, that's not so good. And if I compare and I'm not as good, that's not so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I've learned to not live life. I do what's true for me. You know, I've done a good amount of work on myself, and I, I'm pretty, um, pretty versed in 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 doing the process of what do I want and how do I direct my own ship. And it served me really well. You know, yeah. to learn to dissociate the voice of the critical parent or the, you know, attacking teacher or whatever might have happened in my childhood. It's like, it's not me. It's, it's their story. It's not mine. I can write and, my own. And our response to it is our story, isn't it? That, you know, yeah. how, how we respond to it is, is what defines us and what becomes our journey and our, our story, not how Absolutely. they. Absolutely. And, and you said at the beginning it. how much it irritates you when people, I mean, I don't know, irritate is maybe a strong word, but I don't hang out <laughs> a lot with people that are it sounds it has a particular noise you know what i'm saying like it's like it's like they've said it before they'll say it again it has a very late motive i don't say the same thing twice like in my life i mean okay maybe once or twice but for the most part i'm right now right here you and i have never talked i'm not going to tell you anything that i've said before that's not interesting i'd be bored with myself yeah yeah and you know it it is for me it is irritating uh, and it it becomes a grind, doesn't it? You know, when you keep yeah. hearing that. And I think for some people, it doesn't affect them in that way. But for for many people who see life through a different set of lenses, that's, again, it's that response to it, isn't it? You know, it's do you allow it to be a grind or do you allow it to motivate you, et cetera? So we're completely with you on that. Now, before we go on to um, sharing some tips with the listeners, you mentioned you're writing a book now did I hear or did I think that you've this is not your first book or is this no. your first book no 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 I've written now uh, so I've written the, the power of personal accountability the I mentioned to you earlier um yep. maybe which isn't years. on my bookshelf yet but needs to be so not that's okay yep. <laughs> it, well, it might be actually it's out of print um so that was a book of you know kind of bridging business and lifestyle because my ex-husband was a consultant and we wrote the book together he was all about team building and I was all about psychology and so the book is about how do we it's very ahead of its time I think now we are seeing that humans make companies yeah and so we might as well understand their psychology um and so the book was about that and then um then I wrote a book called war and piece of cake which is about to come out maybe in the fall um, that has to do with the fact that I lost 200 pounds I used to be um, wow. 350 pounds and some. So it's the tale of that, which was a beautiful, complicated, painful, vulnerable, wise journey for yeah. sure. Um, and then one of my, the book was translated, The Power of Personal Accountability. I wrote in French, which is not a translation. It's really not the same mm. mentality. And, and so I wrote that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's writing for me. The, so the new book, is going to be around this whole productivity with purpose. I've started gathering stories and I watch so many people transform in the work I've been doing that it's, I want to share the stories. I want to share what people are going through when they realize 
they have the you know the ownership of their own life yeah and what are they going to do with that is a quite a beautiful i feel like i'm watching people reveal themselves to themselves and it's it's beautiful yeah and it's quite rewarding isn't it as well you know i think the universe has a way of sort of giving you contentment and a reward you know for, for helping people do that as well so for the listeners where can they go to either find a printed copy if it's still in print or a a, a pdf copy or an Not amazon yet, copy the, the, where, the where, books, where can we the, where can we go to find out more a lot of a lot of the blogs, a lot of the stories are piling up now on the website, and the website is becurrenttoday.com. Um, there's also a quiz on there that I love that's helping people understand their style of productivity because we're not all wired the same. And so it kind of helps you understand um, how you show up to do a task versus maybe how I show up to do a task and to try to understand the differences so we can almost coach ourselves so that's one of the resources and the name of the website again just give us that the current so be and then the word current c-u-r-r-e-n-t and then the word today which makes two t's next one to one another (laughs) becurrenttoday.com dot com great and if people want to reach out to you or uh, search for you going through the website is is the best it's really way to the do best that. way yeah i mean yeah. there's lots of links it's the usual you know the usual form <laughs> yeah yeah great but that's a good place to hub great if you could give the listeners something to take away so that one of the aims of this podcast is to give something of value and i'd love i think you've given us some value already but it's also to make sure that people are accountable to do something with what they've heard you know, both of us have invested our time in this episode, and I'd like to think that the listeners will be held accountable by us through this podcast to go out and do something. If you could share a lesson or a tip which they can go out and do something with in the days or the weeks ahead, what was it that you'd like to share today? Well, funny, two came up. I hope that's okay. One is that's fine. Simple. Yeah, double value is always acceptable here. The so that's okay. The first one is <laughs> actually take care of yourself because, as an entrepreneur, and as a lately, we all going through so much. You know, between the pandemic and the war, and the, I mean, it's just it's a mm. lot on the nervous system. And so, I know it's not the usual work harder advice, but definitely take care of yourself. And then the other one is find a way to empty your head. Like a lot of people are walking around with a lot, a lot of information in their head. And I believe it's really polluting the ability to be creative and to feel happy. And it Mm. creates a lot of stress. And so find my methodology teaches that, but find a way to do a spring cleaning for your head, you know, take it out. And then sort it where it needs to be because yeah. your head is not a shelf. So no, don't use it as such. And I think we've, you know, everywhere I go, I've been to the doctors earlier today. I've been for a blood pressure test uh, for my health insurance. And I sat in the reception area, which is very different now. You know, you used to go into doctor's surgeries and you're all crammed in there, all feeling really ill, people coughing, sneezing. Everybody's distance. The coffers are outside now. They're not even allowed yeah. inside. Yeah, but I sat there and you've still got these people, even when they're waiting for a doctor's appointment, they're not emptying their head in any way. They're actually on their phones, they're replying to messages of all age groups. Doesn't matter whether you're 80 or whether you're 16, everybody's the same. 
it's like everything has to be on the go all of the time, mm. doesn't it? And that just... Not to me. <laughs> but it just fills our heads, doesn't it? You know, there's not a moment when you see many people actually stop and, and empty their heads and be still as well mm. and be current mm. even more so. Exactly. Now, a lot of listeners will be, as, as I've mentioned that and as you mentioned that earlier on, will be thinking, well, how do I clear out my head? How do I empty my head? So what tip could you give people of just one technique perhaps that would just help them get started with that one step that they could take? Yeah, you can make a list, literally take a piece of paper, write it by hand, not on your computer, because a lot mm. of people don't realize it's very different what comes out when you write than what comes out when you type. It's almost like a yeah. different neural pathway. So make sure you do it on paper, but literally give yourself, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes. And the way you would, when you start spring cleaning in your kitchen, you know, you take everything out. You just, you start with taking yeah. everything out before you decide yeah. what goes back in. So make a list and then, you know, find a way to organize that stuff outside of your head. So use a tool like, you know, I use Trello. I'm obsessed with Trello, <laughs> but people can use Asana, Monday.com. You know, there's lots of tools out there to, to manage their stuff, you know, and their productivity. So yeah, just, just even the intention, just even saying, I will not hold as much in my head today. Even yeah. that, you know, just start your day with that and just take it out and see what's in there because a lot of it makes more noise than what actually is there. And so if you take it out, you're going to be like, oh, wow, it's, it's actually not as bad as I thought. And it calms down the nervous system, you know. Yeah. And as, as you were talking there, I was thinking about, you know, I've just had to redo all my computer and clear it off and restart it. And one of the reasons was I've got a new laptop, a new MacBook, and I've had to, I migrated it from an old one. And they said, the problem with the migration is you've brought all the baggage from the you old brought all the problems of the previous yeah, one in, into this one. And now it's, it, this guy said yesterday, he said, what you've done is you've got one blockage that just won't move. And yeah. because you've got that blockage, everything else is taking its time to get around yeah. this blockage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, very often in my head, I do take things out of my head and I, and I forget things and I deliberately forget things. Mm -hmm. because I need to give some space for new stuff to be stored in, in my yeah. head, new stuff yeah. to be processed and that processing speed. So I think that's a great, a great tip. So I'm going to come to our final question then, which is going to be slightly different, but it's uh, for listeners that have listened, listened to the last couple, you probably know this now. If you were to have your, your next coffee, Sophie, in a dream location, where would that dream location be? So that's the first half of the question. Okay. The second half of the question is who would you be sipping that coffee with? Diluted or undiluted doesn't really matter, but who would you my be diluted sipping? hot water? Yeah. You know, who would, it's funny, who would you be sipping it with? I'm surprised by my own answer, actually, but I would Ooh, like to sit with my mom. I would like to sit with my mom. I miss my family in Europe. So uh, it's not some Einstein. Ronald no, Reagan, like you know, it's just I miss I miss the um, I miss my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the second time we've heard that. And the first time we heard that was right in the midst of the first lockdown here in the UK. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, you know, I just want to be able to go to the this lady's mom was in a care home. And she said, I just want to go and sit on the back garden of the care home and sit with my mom. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know sometimes when things get really complicated, you just want to go a little simpler, you know, yeah. and just sit with someone you love. Yeah, I think there's something as well that 
you don't actually even need to say that much, do you? You know, when you sit with someone like that that you love, and I know my wife was very close to 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 her, to her parents in particular, and all through our married life while our parents were still alive, if she had a real episode of turmoil or something wasn't right or she felt ill, she always just wanted to be in the arms of a mum. Yeah, and, well, that's, and it, that's a sign of a good life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, a great way to to reflect on somebody else's memory as, as well. Um, so I've got to ask the, the, the first half of it, though. If you were to meet your mum and have that, that coffee, if you were to do it in a dream location, somewhere that you think both of you perhaps would love to be, might be somewhere you've been in the past, might be somewhere you haven't been, where would that be? You know, I've traveled a lot. I don't have a much of a, I wish I was in some place. I'm sorry to be slightly boring. I would like to be in the home of my childhood with her and just sit there. Sorry, I'm not yeah, taking yeah. you no, to no. No, that's great. Hawaii, you know, no, or anything okay. like that. I live no. I live in a place that the, the, the suns and the skies are the most beautiful thing. And I just love being here. You know, I think that's part of happy is to not want to be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, to, I'm going to spice this up just a little bit. I'm going to keep digging for this, okay? So we're, we're getting a really good picture here of this. Favourite time of the day, would it be as the sun's coming up, as the sun's going down or somewhere in between? The moment right now. Okay. Perfect. So, listeners, I think you've taken a huge amount of value from Sophie. I think you've been left with quite an insightful, hopefully insightful to you and also an insightful aspect to Sophie as well. And, you know, all of this has gone through that topic of it's difficult to be a human and, you know, being current uh, and having that picture and having that mindset all the way through to the full body of yes. I think, you know, such insights from a person who you should reach out to and just give us the website again, please, Sophie, if you would. BeCurrentToday.com. So there you go, listeners. Go there, check it out, check out the, the, the resources, check out the quiz. I think you said there's a quiz there. Yeah. And mm -hmm. most importantly, keep an eye out for the, the books that are coming out. There's one coming out in full and uh, did you say there's another one in the works as well, but still underway? Yeah, it will that... take time. It just yep. started. It will take yep. time. Great. So keep keep an eye out and watch this space and just give a little bit of a space on the bookshelf for some of these books that are going to come out of Sophie as well. I think they're definitely going to be Thank valuable. you. It was really fun to talk to you, Simon. And yeah, thank you for giving up your time. Thank you for taking part. And listeners, as you know, it's now up to you to do something with it. Leave a review. Let us know what difference you've made from emptying that head for clearing that out having that spring clean of your head and taking care of yourself let us know what you've done this week after listening to this podcast that just gave you a little bit of time to take care of yourself and we look forward to having you on the next podcast bye for now thank you for listening don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business do get in touch with simon and to discover what your business needs you to fix next visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. 
Thank you. Thank you.